Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Decided Heart Effect, the DH Effect, as Sonia and I lovingly call it. I'm Hillary. Here is my co-host and co-pilot, Sonia. And we are so happy to be here with you today to talk about the college decision because it is happening right now. Seniors are finding out, did they make it into their dream school? Did they not? There's heartbreak, there's cheering. So many things are going on. And what better person for us to turn to than college counselor extraordinaire, college confidence counselor extraordinaire, Sonia. So I'm going to let her give you a little bit of background and then we're about who she is and what she does. And then we want to sink into parents that are out there of seniors or even seniors. What do we do now? If we made it, if we didn't make it, if we have a decision to make in all of this confusion, what can we do? So Sonia, thank you so much for having this important conversation with us. Can you, for those listeners who don't know, bring us up to date with what your background is in college counseling? For sure. And I'm just so grateful to have this space to, to talk about this moment. Um, and just a little caveat, it's not even just the seniors and the parents of seniors the world is a stage and there's a whole group of juniors looking, watching and learning from the seniors. So it really is expansive of, of, of a community and how we support the seniors and then how the younger students prepare. Uh, so yes, I come from 21 years of college admissions experience. Um, started working at a large public university as an admission officer. So got the experience of kind of how do you review an application in eight minutes and then help determine, you know, the score of towards admissions, an admissions decision. Eight minutes. Eight to 10 minutes for a large public university. Pri smaller private colleges will have, you know, more of the 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> as an average. Um, and so then I worked at a private high school. So as a college counselor for a high school, had a different lens of experience um, navigating and supporting teens, no matter where they went after high school. Um, and I got to bring in the families and have those dynamic conversations. And then finally I became an independent um, educational consultant because I just have my own philosophy, Hillary, of how we should have this conversation about not just college, but all options after high school. And it wasn't until I became a mom of a teen <laughs> that really showed me the humility of parenting a teen. No, and I love that you say that. And that's why I don't trust my kids with anybody else <laughs> other than you, because we have that same philosophy. And the moment that you sat down, Sonia, for the all fair disclosure, works with my daughter, uh, Faith, who's a sophomore. They started working together and really getting to the bottom of who she is as a person and how that shows up in the college search in the process of that, because we have all these societal, especially depending on what school and community you're in and all of that, there's this pressure of where you're going and what the name is. And it feels as a parent, it almost sometimes feels like either a, a an indictment or a, or a uh, badge of honor, you know, depending on what your kid is going to do. And that's so messed up. It's so messed up. And so like in my, I knew that in my gut and the first time you sat down with faith, my husband and I, Faith and Sonia, and she starts talking to her and asking questions. And then she says, you know, here's what we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out who you are, what you love, where your passions are, where that fits on a college campus, who's gonna bring out the best 
in you, where that fire is going to be able to spark and just really burn. And we're going to find out not who you, you know, who you're uh, um, good enough for, but who's good enough for you. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, like the tears just came because I thought, thank you. You see my, you see my child. And I feel like that's something, Sonia, that is not common out there. And I appreciate so much in you. Thank you. And it breaks my heart that it's not common. And um, so I feel so strongly about we have to do all that we can. And I'm even getting emotional too, because I feel so strongly. We have to do all that we can to protect the brilliance, worth, and authenticity of our children. And yes, I focus on teens, but what, what in, in terms of my special lens, I'm at the end of the rope, folks. I'm at the end. So I've seen students who have followed the equation of achievement and they were promised something. So this is all fixed-minded stuff, right? And that, that promise is defined as their singular dream. I ha- I can't, I've worked so hard to get into this one college, but they don't know why. And they're not, they don't feel worthy until they have this thing. And that's so destructive and damaging. And, and we, we are seeing it in our young 20 and our 20 year olds where they're coming back from college. There is a sense of um, a lack of worthiness of, of questioning a lack of purpose. So I know we're talking about the decision happening right now for our seniors, but if we could, and I'm, I'm really focusing on our, the, we might have younger children or younger families are, are watching as early as possible, how we must first ask ourselves, how do we protect that my teen is worthy, that whatever she is pursuing under her decision is because she truly believes whatever vehicle that is, it's going to feed her worth, her authenticity, her interests, period. So when someone says, oh, um, I want to go to Stanford or the IVs. I'm like, well, let's just, is it really good enough for you? Are these schools even good enough for you? And it shakes them because no one has ever asked that question. I know. I just, I love it. It does. Again, what you're saying speaks to my heart so much and my soul. And, and that's why we, we work so well together all the time is this idea of if I do this, then I will finally be enough. And we keep on saying together, like, no, can we be, we're enough first. And now what, now what's the next step? Because we already are worthy, you know? So I love, I love that so much. We do have to start those conversations, but you know, right now for some of these seniors, Sonia, that conversation maybe hasn't happened yet. And as much as the parents have the best, because I don't think any parent is like, Hey, let me just make my child not feel worthy enough unless they like nobody sets out to do that. But what they want is they want the best for their kid and they want their kids to, I believe in you. I know you can do it. So it comes, I really truly believe from this genuine place of knowing that your child has infinite potential and possibility, right? I really truly do. But we are in this situation right now where we're getting, we have this decision to make right now and maybe maybe what you have found out is that your child didn't get into their dream school. What now? Well, I just wanted to just a a context, especially during this particular season, we just went through the pandemic. It unshoveled, you know, predictability with college admissions. A lot of seniors are shocked about the results. They thought, Oh my God, that was supposed to be my backup school and I didn't get in or I got waitlisted. But just one number. So university X, you know, 
got 140,000 applications because of test optional policies. It increased the number of applications. Um, now the universities didn't grow all of a sudden in their housing. So they sent 17,000 acceptances for a class of 4,000, right? So that's kind of the numbers we're, we're dealing with. Um, so usually what happens is dream college is, I say it a singular dream. It usually is equivalent to competitive university. And so those numbers are like, oh my gosh, if I could get in there because it's so hard to get into, that would be my dream. So that's the context of it. Now that the timing of it is we're right now, our conversations late April and seniors already received all their, should have, so all decisions are out and we're settling. And there could be wait lists. Wait lists are, it's another last ditch effort to prolong the dream. Like there's gotta be hope, but it doesn't matter because seniors have to pick one college by May 1st. So we've got about a week. Um, and as parents or family members, even I wanna to talk to all the teachers out there, counselors, educators, this village is hugely important to companion, which we're gonna talk a little bit, our seniors on moving forward. And as, as much as we want infinite time at their pace, we gotta kind of sort of have to hurry up because we got the May 1st. And how do we fully convert that, that disappointment and heartbreak into action? And okay, and I just have to celebrate, this is a moment of a decided heart effect mm -hmm. for our seniors, right? It absolutely is. Um, and my, our main goal, I think, I know it's your main goal, so I'm talking on behalf of you is, instead of a singular dream, of being this one vehicle that for somehow the teen has said, this one vehicle defines who I am, how do we convert this into the decided heart effect? Where the app, this is a, not only is this a great opportunity to connect with this team before they become adults and leave the nest, but this dream isn't about the vehicle. It is about the ability to discover the, their capabilities, fully believe in their capabilities, what they believe, what they stand for, no matter the vehicle in their future. Now, if we can convert that into a young teen and saying, yes, I am so self-assured, I'm gonna be okay. That is the dream that we should be striving for. And I think we could do that through companioning. You know, I do too. And it's, it's funny because I know that I'm gonna jump ahead, there's seven steps to companioning and I'm gonna jump ahead to step four because that one is the one about like, seeing the sensory cues and observing what's going on as you're companioning someone. So I know, like I said, I'm jumping ahead, but, but part of that is we always talk about like when we're, when we're sharing this with other people um, and teaching companioning where we always talk about how, Oh, as a, as a parent, you know, the kid that falls down and you go rushing over and are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Or uh, the other parent who goes over and they're like, you're fine. Get up, shake it off. You're not dead. You know, like go. And, and there's a third option, which is, wow that looked like it hurt, but you got up. That's amazing. And you're giving validation, but you're also helping them to, you know, are you okay? And allowing them to be able to have that opportunity without panic and without invalidating, right? Like there's a middle ground. And the same thing with this, yeah. it's like, wow, oh, I see that you didn't get into that school. You know, how, how is that for you? How are like allow, but without going like, oh my God, baby, I'm so sorry. You must be just devastated. This is just the worst that, I mean, I'm so sorry, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, or on the other hand, and it's like big deal, 
Oh, Lots of people didn't get into it. That's so hurtful. I mean, that's a, that that definitely is um, one of the pieces. Is you know, and some seniors there there are we see them, we observe them. They're able to kind of shake it off, and they are moving forward. And they are you know they they have, they're relying on that resilience. And others are still disappointed, and they may be depressed. This is my own. These are my only options. So. One of the things um, as parents and educators is we have to do a self-check because we have been conditioned based on our upbringing, based on what our parents have said, oh, when things get hard and you're disappointed and hurt, shake it off, right? That whole suck it up, move on. And let's just take some time reflecting on how we actually felt receiving that message when we were little. Okay, I grew up in that kind of voice and it was hurtful. And so that didn't help me fuel. I mean, of course, yeah, we ended up pretty successful and happy adults, but what if we didn't have that messaging? How much quicker would I have recovered and built that momentum forward? And on the other, the other spectrum is the panic mom. I'm calling it, I'm sorry, mom's picking on you. The panic mom. Oh my God. What you're doing is you've taken that dream and it became yours somehow. Right. <laughs> right. Like, and then, so now the teen is comforting you. Because yeah. you're so disappointed and, and yeah. hurt and panicked. And so now you're what you don't mean to do this. But the teen is seeing you and saying, oh, my gosh, I have to carry my panicked parent and comfort her. <laughs> and so we got to meet in that middle and companioning takes practice. Right. Uh, it does. And you're so right. Like you, if we cannot show up with compassion and detachment, we shouldn't be showing up. Like we need to have a minute and get ourselves together. And people are like detachment, but I'm so connected. But when you feel, when you make it about you, you either become the hero or you become the victim or you become like, it becomes about you and you steal your child's teachable moment and you don't allow them the dignity and the respect to find their way through. Right. And so companioning, when we talk about companioning, where that really comes from First is I'm showing up with love, forgiveness, but not with an agenda. I'm showing up ready to listen to your needs and story and ask you questions and help reflect back to you what you need for yourself, because I trust your process rather than let me fix it. Let me be the hero. Let me, it isn't about us. And every time we make it about us, we're prolong, prolonging their, uh, um, their lack of ability to go into adulthood feeling secure and confident. Oh, Don't you yeah. think, Sonia? No, and you got to understand the team brain. That team brain is in question of him or herself. And they are looking for that validation. And when you say stealing their moment, what we, when we take on the burden of, of their challenge, what we're communicating verbally is you're not capable right now. I'm sorry, you just don't have the skill set to overcome this. So that's why I'm helping you. They're, that's what they're interpreting these actions. So when we companion and we say, I am here, what, what, what support do you need? Because I know you are fully capable. You are resilient. You are going to get over this, even if they're unsure. Because this is a, one of the very first times where they say, I'm unsure of myself. I don't know if I can do it. And if we companion, we're basically saying you can, this is a moment to trust yourself because I believe in you. 
Do you want to bring people through? I mean, we're going to tell you, this is like a huge seminar that we do. (laughs) We'll do it really quickly. Feel free to email us and ask questions and things like that. But I think you should be, I'm hoping you can take a nugget and we'll just kind of quickly go through the, the seven steps of companioning. The very, the very first thing that we do is we open the door. And we don't turn around and say, you feel this way. You must this, you must that. Instead we say, Hey, what's up? How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Right. Or some question that's not why, because why sounds like interrogation. No why questions. No why questions. But instead of like, Hey, how do you feel about that? You know, just open the door and then you know what? hardest part comes next. I think the hardest of all the steps, especially again, right? You did it for those of you who didn't see because you're listening and watching. Yeah. Sonia just zipped her mouth. The second step has its own place, which is just silence. Mm -hmm. We are sitting in silence. It's so hard. It is so hard. And it was one of the most powerful tools I learned as a mom every day, every day of connecting, having a place of silence. I, I was very intentful about using that when um, Bella, she's now 20 years old, um, come home from school, I would be in her space, but I really be intentfully silent. Just being there, just being present. And some days she you know, went to a room and did her homework or whatever. And other times she just spilled out her day. It took 20 minutes. And, and that silence is allowing them to reflect, right? Um, so and you decide to come through the door. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm yes. like, that is a decided heart moment because, you know, sometimes we're like, okay, I'm going to do all seven steps. So we're going to go, but if you open the door and they don't walk through, that's a decision too, maybe that, but you've opened it so they can come back to it. Right. But if you jump in right away, it's kind of like slamming it. Like, it's like they ran into, you know, when you think they on the door on you open, right. Yeah. And you, <laughs> right, you, run well, you wonder like, Oh my God, my teen's not talking to me anymore. Or she went to the hallway and saw on the door. Well, those are cues. Those yes. are the three cues. Like, Oh man, I forced her through the door. She wasn't ready. Yeah. So, you know, the receptive silence, um, I, you know, I didn't list the seven steps. So the detachment and compassion are necessary. Yeah. Can you go through the lot? Yeah, yeah, no. And that, you know, the, the very next one, like that third one is the cup emptying, allowing them the opportunity. Like if they're upset and you start adding to it, what's going to happen? That's going to overflow. So you need to give them the space to ask the questions that will help them to empty the cup and get to the bottom, right? Because maybe when you get to the bottom, you're going to be surprised. Sometimes I've been surprised. We've done this together where we companion each other and we're like, we think we're actually mad at a kid or mad at a husband or mad. Well, no, we're actually mad at ourselves about something, or maybe it's a fear and you get to the bottom of it. And the fear isn't, they don't really care whether or not that was, it was the school for them, but they're worried about how you're going to see them. Mm. And you get to the bottom and you're, and you're like, Oh my goodness. So it's allowing the opportunity to not guess what's wrong, but ask the questions so you can get to the bottom of it. You know, and that's where we get to that four that we were just talking about that sensory cue, right? Really focusing. Yeah. Constantly assessing, observing where they're at. Cause you don't know how to walk alongside until you're you're assessing, like, is it, is this good for now? Um, Do I walk, you know, is that, you know, do I come back later? Do I, do I acknowledge what I'm noticing? 
because that, that just coaches them to, un, to un, you know, empty the cup. Yeah, to empty the cup and also to trust themselves because, you know, when you focus on the sensory cues and you ask about certain things, there are moments in our life, if we think about it, where we're like, okay, how am I feeling? If I'm feeling a certain way, check in and what is the information that that feeling is giving me, right? And so we have to, we have to allow for that to happen. And, and then we get to, you know, we've really led with them. Uh, on this way. And, you know, one thing that we didn't say that I want to come back to is it is so important to meet our kids where they are or anyone in companioning. And what I mean by that, there's nothing worse than going one way or the other with a kid. Like if you have a kid who is really down and you come up and you are like, Oh, don't be sad. Like that does not work. And the same thing, if they are really upset and they're up here and then you come to me, you're like, really, you need Mm -hmm. to be it's, you know, it is, that feels yucky. And what feels better is we've talked about that. Even if someone's angry, you can be like, man, I see you're angry. My energy is there, but I'm not angry. Right. But I've met them. And now when you hit that step five, which is where you start asking them what they need to get them forward and propel them forward, you get to lead the way a little bit and take your energy. And as you bring it to where it needs to go, they will follow, but it's only because you took their lead first. This is the huge conversion right, right here, right? Where you f- you're letting them follow and then you can slowly help them lead. It's, you know, understand, well, what are the, what are the outcomes that you hope for? And I just have, I got to say, we have all of the, like the virtue words, all of the things um, as a follow-up of people really want more information about the companioning, we can, we can do the follow-up too. Um, so allowing the team to say, well, what, what are the outcomes? What are the different kinds of outcomes? Oh, I don't have one outcome. Actually, I have three. Yeah. How empowering is that? You know, to say, and and I can design it. I, I have control of building these three different paths for myself. Yes. And of course that last step is the closing questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, just back up for one second. I was just going to say like, can it nugget life-changing word? What would it look like if you went to community college? What would it look like if you went to a four-year? What would it look like if you went to UW, blah, blah, blah? Like, what would it look like? What would it look like? And following it through helps take those emotions and just calm them down because we can see what the options are. And like you said, step six then is where you ask those questions. It's those, those closure questions. And, you know, Sonia, those are so important. It's huge because that is having, okay, you had a decided hard experience, your companioning, but really acting on it. And that's what we call the decided hard effect because we've taken this learning moment. We're helping them act on that. And then you have this great way of saying that true learning doesn't happen unless there's action. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't become a part of you. Yeah. You know, and so asking people, what do you, what is clear for you? What does this mean to you? What are you going to do next? What, you know, all of those questions are the ones that help them to now propel into action. And you know what? The seventh step is really my favorite. I have to be honest because our mission together is always to leave people better than we find them. This is a conversation that took a lot of courage. This is a conversation that was really profound in so many ways. And so call that out, tell them you see it. Wow. It took a lot of courage to have this conversation with me 
thank you for taking the time to do it. Or, wow, I see your determination. Think about what it is. And again, as Sonia said, we have this entire virtue list. Um, we take it from the Virtues Project. If you want a copy of that list, we do have our contact stuff all in um, at the end of all of this and in the, not at the end, but in the the podcast itself in the description. And so go ahead and, and write to us. And we are happy to share this because we just want to leave people better than we found them. And don't we want to leave our kids better than we found them? Well, and then again, this is a really vulnerable time. It is the first time that our teen is making a huge decision for themselves in a, in a way where they're questioning everything but they know so much and it's all of this, this confusion. And to me, it's a celebration. Yeah. Um, so if we can, and again, we're here to support, if we can convert that, let's redefine that singular dream to something so much more expansive and exciting for you. I do want to know, I do kind of want to end by saying there are some things we can do because there are the other colleges. Yeah. Likely, most likely there are other colleges that have loved you hard. And they've already accepted you. And let's help our teens navigate those decisions. And to me, it's a sense of belonging. So why did these colleges, you know, like accept you? Let's dig in a little bit. Who are the people there? Who are the faculty and current students there? So I like, I use these tangible things to help them redefine the excitement. And when they look at the faculty that's going to be mentoring them, I sometimes have them reach out to those faculty and current students. They start to feel the love back. Mm -hmm. um, social media um, groups for current students or a student club that's on campus, they get involved there. And all of a sudden they're placing themselves in the next step. Mm. The biggest thing is once they decide like, okay, you know what? I think I can settle. Maybe it's the word settling is still in their mind. I like this enough. I'm going to commit that college will love you hard so back and, and the finding housing and getting to know your roommates and interviewing people that really converts a teen to say, I am absolutely excited about this college. And they, all of a sudden that singular dream behind that didn't accept them is a distant like memory. And so there are some tangible ways to help convert. We companion first, and then we say, let's, let's investigate a little bit more. Um, so yeah, usually when it's like, oh my gosh, I'm now researching roommates. Mm -hmm. That's that's really the exciting part. <laughs> well, it, I, I'm so glad that you said that word because I do think that that is like truly, truly from a, a psychological standpoint, we go back to, you know, Maslow's hierarchy and belonging oh, yes. is such yeah. a huge part. You know, education is at the top of that self-actualization. Like we often think of it as it like, oh, it's the bottom thing, education but it's not, if we're not taken care of, if we don't feel loved, if we don't feel safe, if we don't feel belonging, we can't get to the education part. And so we do have to remember that that is where the hard work is, right? Yes. That is where the important work is. So well, I'm so glad you're, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just had it because um, a lot of parents will be like, but he does belong here. He has a sense of belonging. He's has, he has home, but that is not where the teen brain is right now they are ready to make that sense of belonging elsewhere. Who are they away from family identity? And that we have to celebrate that movement, that shift. And also just last, last um, thought is it may not be ready. He may not, or she not, may not be ready for college. Maybe there's something there about that college option where he 
companioning, they're reflecting saying, I just, I don't think I'm ready. And so there are other options. You can defer, you have a gap term or a gap year. So many other options that releases the pressure that you have to make this decision. So I just want to leave that with the open-mindedness that this is not a one path to the future kind of experience. I love that. Thank you so much for companioning me, my daughter, my family, and, and so many other teens and families that are out there trying to find their next steps and kind of launching them into their future, knowing that they really do have it and you have them and you have their back. So um, thank you so much for the time that you spent really going through this important topic, Sonia. Thank you. Oh my gosh. It's a pleasure. You know how passionate I can cry through the whole thing. I'm so passionate about it. So I know you are. And, and if people need and want even now to get a hold of you, to go through this, to talk through it, I mean, this is what you do. This is your passion. This is your job. So our contact information is always there and available. So thank you again. And uh, I'm going to let you do the outro today. So you guys follow us. It's, <laughs> it's such a great, it's great to be a guest and a co-host, but you know, we have amazing conversations all over the gamut in terms of topics, really focusing on purpose and decided hard effects in our life. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and all the podcast pla um, platforms that you listen to. Join us on Facebook for further conversation and always, always reach out to Hillary and I for just follow up if you need it. We are on our mark. So you guys have a good one.